What we do at Deal is very simple. We believe talent is everywhere and we want to help companies hire and onboard the best talent. So we've basically built a solution for you to be able to onboard an employee or a contractor anywhere completely in a couple of minutes and give them one of the most amazing experience possible. Hi everyone, it's Julie Verhage Greenberg here with your Tux Time podcast from Fintech Today, where we talk about all things fintech. In this episode, I am joined by Deal co-founder and CEO Alex Boises. Uh, Alex, you are a company that was not on my radar really a year or two ago, and now all of a sudden the, the pandemic has made it so businesses like yours are in very high demand. So let's uh, tell the audience a little bit about what exactly Deal is, and it's D-E-E-L. Correct. So first, thank you so much for having me. Really excited to be with you. Um, you know, we'll talk about it. I don't think it's just pandemic related, but the pandemic to some extent definitely boosted the business a little bit. Um, so what we do at Deal is very simple. Um, you know, we believe talent is everywhere and we want to help companies hire the best talent and onboard the best talent. So we've basically built a solution for you to be able to onboard an employee or a contractor anywhere completely in a couple of minutes and give them one of the most amazing experience possible. I think the reason that I feel like the pandemic did so much of this is that there's so many more companies that are hiring contractors, hiring remote employees than there were beforehand. Like like you said, th- this is something that was definitely happening before the pandemic, but I do feel like that um, you know, COVID accelerated a lot of this. Oh, 100%. No, the way I like to think about it is a lot of the customers we would have had in two to three years had to find a solution today, right? Because their best director, like the best engineer went back to their home country and they got to find a solution right now. So a lot of those deals that would have taken, I don't know, years from a sales cycle perspective closed a lot faster. And whenever you kind of open your eyes to, yeah, I can hire anywhere and it's actually a very pleasant experience, then you just, you know, you just start broadening your eyes and start hiring. Like your, your talent acquisition team is a lot more empowered, let's say, and they can start hiring really globally. One of your customers can onboard an employee within like five or 10 minutes. How, how do you do that? Because that's something that has taken so much longer for other companies. Is it the software? Is it uh, you know, something else? Like, how do you actually make that happen so quickly? Yeah, so rule of thumb. So contractor is a couple of minutes. Employees is around that. Assuming you don't change anything. So, you know, when you start playing around with the actual legal contract and you want to change things there, then it's a bit longer because we got to have local lawyers on our team review the contract itself. Uh, but the idea is simple, right? We own the entities today in, a, I think, over 65 plus entities, even more. And because we own the stack, because we've got everything flushed out, then uh, you just come and tell us, hey, I want to hire that person. These are the benefits I want to give. These are the things I want them to get paid. This is their commission structure, whatever it is through the platform. And then as soon as we get that, because it's like onboarding our own employee, right? And like if tomorrow you need to onboard someone on your own entity, you know how to do that in a couple of minutes. So we've made the whole flow, uh, I want to say not, not flawless, but pretty solid from a streamlining perspective. And uh, we, we really built in a compliance framework that helps you figure out what is right for that specific country. So in all around, let's say you want to give a specific notice period or a probation period, then the, the platform really helps you structure that in a way that works well. So technically, assuming you don't want to make any big changes, you should definitely be able to onboard someone in another country in a couple of minutes. So you got you started in YC. Talk to me a little bit about like what the initial thesis was for Deal and you know what what have been some of the milestones since then. I know you guys just closed your Series D funding a few weeks ago, um, but there's been a lot that's happened between YC and that moment. Yeah, you know, we went into YC in, in winter 19. Um, so I highly recommend YC for every entrepreneur that's starting up a business. 
specifically the ones that are not from the US and maybe don't have a huge network in the US. Um, since then, yeah, we know we've we've raised, uh, you know, over the last, I think, 15 months or 16 months, about four different rounds of investment. So a little over $630 million, closing our Series D, I think, a month and something ago. Um, so we've had a, a few milestones from a fundraising side, I guess, but uh, more importantly, from a customer side, you know, this, this year we've you know, we've added uh, you know, we've over 5,500 customers, right, from small customers all the way to the Shopify and the Coinbase of the world. And uh, being able to serve those customers has been really amazing. So, yeah, I mean, we've got a lot of fun facts. Yes. We started the year at 50 people. We're about 400 now. So it's been a pretty intense year, let's say. Wow, that's great. So you started 2021 at 50 people and now you have 400? Give or More take. or less, yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. What? Uh, where have you been? Where's been most of the hiring? Is it engineering? Is it sales? Is it marketing across the board? Yeah, um, you know we're very GTM and sales led organization actually. So about forty percent of our hires are on the success side, on the sales side, on the support side. You know what we've found is that tripling down on the service and making sure that you're well taken care of because you know when you deal with payroll and global hiring. When you come in as a customer, your mindset is like, I'm scared. I don't know what I need to know. What do I not know yet? Where is the where's the gotcha moment, right? And uh, so building a strong support team, a strong success team was the most critical for us. And then obviously, you know, on the tech side, right? We're processing hundreds of millions of dollars per month. We're enabling people, if they're a contractor, to get paid in like crypto or like uh, trans into transferwise account, which has been really great. So, you know, it's a very operational compliance and tech heavy type of company, but, uh, you know, we're here for it. So wait, you bring up a really interesting point, and this wasn't even on my list of questions, but if you allow people to get paid in crypto, have you seen people actually opting for that? Or is it just sort of like a nice thing to be able to like, yes, we offer that in case you want it at some point? Like, is there adoption there? Oh, it's big. Uh, people. Wow. So we can only do that on the contractor side um, compliantly, because on the employee side, it's a bit more complex, but we've been looking at it. Uh, yeah, it's big. It's definitely a big adoption. And We've got some really cool features coming out very soon on the crypto side that I'm sure is going to drive even more adoption for it. So uh, I'm excited about it. So going back to the fundraising part of it, uh, I'm sure you have heard this conversation where everyone's like, are we in a fintech valuation and funding bubble? So as someone that has done multiple funding rounds over the past two years, does it feel like the market's getting a little frothy or do you just think that like, there's just so much going on in this space that it justifies how much capital is flowing into it. Yeah, so I can talk for every single company. Uh, you know, for us, uh, we've grown about over 10x this year from a revenue standpoint, right? Then significant revenue, right? Not going from one to two million dollars, right? So, uh, you know, when we were looking at the market and and the different multiples that we were going to have, our thinking on fundraising is like, why would we've raised? A series D, given how much money we had in the bank, unless it made sense for the company, right? So when we raised our round, we were thinking, hey, um, if you want us to work, like, sure, let's give it a discount, but give us what we think we'll be at in a year and a half from now, which is when we have, you know, thinking about fundraising again from a multiples perspective at a discount, right? So the numbers might seem crazy, but we're very confident that we're going to hit those numbers. And they are too, right? Looking at the numbers, if not, they wouldn't have invested. And you know, it made sense. Look, the market in general has been a little crazy for lots of different reasons, right? Everybody has their own theory, whether it's the interest rate or others. But, you know, there might be there might be some companies that are getting funded in a way that they wouldn't have a couple of years back. But, you know, I think I think it's all for the better, right? More entrepreneurs building more cool companies. Hopefully, it's going to lead to more innovations and uh, we're all going to benefit from it. So hopefully it works out. 
Yeah, I I hope so too. It seems like there's a lot of good things going on in fintech right now. So I, I'm sure, you know, your point is very valid that, uh, you know, certain sectors in particular probably justify the valuations and funding that they're getting a little bit more than others. But that with how quickly things change, I'm sure that can shift and another sector could all of a sudden start getting a, a big boom in growth and whatnot as well. Um, you know, what's funny about fintech, and I'm sure you know that, is is because it's very foundational, right? Like what we do, we're basically building the picks and shovels of global hiring, right? And we're building that infrastructure. And um, if we get this right, then, you know, the outcome is massive, right? Also, even if you look from a from a time perspective, right? Like we have heads up, a head of selling Colombia and she's selling to the Colombian market and she's like crushing it, right? Like that kind of gives you a sense of like, well, okay, you've got the US, but even beyond the US, you can sell into Colombia. You can sell, we have a head of expansion in Japan, right? And that kind of gives you a sense of how big the business can be. And yeah, you know, if you combine infrastructure plus potential, I think this is what kind of leads to those types of valuations in general. So you guys aren't the only companies doing stuff like this. How do you make sure that, you know, first off, I guess, what kind of, uh, you know, customers are you going after? What sectors or what size of businesses? And then two, how do you make sure that you're staying ahead of others that are also innovating in this space and also generating quite a bit of funding? Yeah, first of all, uh, you know, in a very objective way, uh, the company is about two and a half years old and we are the biggest player in the market. Um, so that kind of speaks for what we've got going for us, which is, I think, the best execution team on the market. Uh, you know, we've been able to to move from... Uh, from a very little team to something to, to a company that really executes and builds products and releases really fast. And that has been one of our biggest edge. I think our product, uh, one of the reasons we've been able to 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 win over the market in general is our product is, is quite fintech centric as well. So we've built the foundations from a fintech angle rather than from an HR angle from the get-go, which kind of like helped us scale from a money that we're processing perspective and all of this without you know without having a, a hard time handling it. Uh, and the last part has always been that we're very customer centric and very employee centric, and and you know that is why we're able to provide better experience by being you know five to ten times bigger. Some of those companies. Uh, going back to you mentioned Colombia and Japan and the U.S. So outside of those three, what other countries are you guys available in right now? And should we expect more uh, you know global expansion with the the funding, or should we expect more like products and services and enhancement to the current offering, or a mix of both? Yeah, so first we're available in every country. Um, those countries were mentioned because, you know, in general, I don't know, I always find it cool to say, you know, get a head of expansion in Japan that's selling to Japanese company. This like gets me excited. Um, but in, in general, you know, our strategy from an expansion perspective is we hire really strong local people that are very focused on selling to the local companies, right? So the US is a big country, is a big country. Europe is like you know, a continent that's very tight together, but then we can go after those individual countries. But yes, you can use us from any country in the world. And uh, in some countries, you'll have a smoother experience than another from a payments perspective, like the one-click CAD payments, for example, in Canada that has worked wonderfully for us than in others. Uh, and then, you know, the money in general, there's a ton of things that we want to do. We're only getting started on the product side. You know, we're releasing our global payroll product, which enables you to manage your own entities. Uh, in the next, I think in Q1, we're releasing our API where we already have like amazing companies building on top of Dill. So this is going to be even more fun if they can actually do it like through API rather than manually. So that's going to be great. Um, we've got, you know, we've done our first m in September, which has done really well and adding new product lines through this. You know, one of the products I love that we've acquired through that is... Uh, a way to set up as an independent contractor in Germany in a couple clicks. 
through Deal so that you can do the full setup and be fully compliant directly from Deal. So taking that all over the world is something that we're very excited to do as well. Yeah, I mean, we've got, we're very, very, very early in the process and the company's two and a half years old, right? So we've got a lot of things we want to build and do. So if you're available basically anywhere, what, uh, what countries are you seeing the biggest demand in? Um, yeah, I mean, North America, of course, right? It's, it's the country that we've had, we have the most sales into for sure. Uh, the need is there as well. And companies in the U.S. are really starting to, to expand because the talent is becoming more and more competitive and uh, prices are going up. Uh, you know, Europe has been, has been big for us as well, of course. Uh, and then we've had some very interesting growth in, in Latin America. Uh, Mexico and Colombia are performing like I actually did not think it would perform as well as it does. And it's been, it's been amazing to see how LATAM as a continent has been moving and booming. Um, I'm very, very bullish on, on the Latin American market. So it sounds like funding is not something that is challenging for you or keeps you up at night. What things do challenge you in your business? Is it hiring the right people? Is it regulatory? Is it, you know, executing on certain, you know, technical aspects? What is the, the biggest challenge you guys face? Yeah, I think at our stage, look, I think you've got in front of you at least a 20 to $30 billion company for sure. I think what's going to help us become a $100 billion plus dollar company is going to hire the best people in the world. So what keeps me up at night is, um, do I have the right people at the right place to make sure that the business scale and to make sure that they can scale with the pace of the business, right? We're probably going to double or triple headcount next year. Putting that infrastructure in place is not easy. And it's you know, only a couple of people in the world know how to do that. Uh, the second thing, which uh, you know has been uh, on my mind since we have ever started, deal is a uh, customer uh, customer experience. So that's the one thing that keeps me up at night. At any point, anything I see, whether it's on you know, I think on social, I'm pretty active as well. Like anywhere, when our customers are, are not happy, like it, it pains me. So you know, making sure that our customers, as we scale, the the customer experience and service scales with us is one of the big challenge that uh, I'm excited to tackle, and we're definitely putting a lot of effort into and attention into. Where, so as you know, the CEO of a business that you've been fundraising and whatnot, where is most of your time dedicated? Like what does your day-to-day look like as a co-founder and CEO of a Series D company that's raised, what, six, seven hundred million dollars? You're valued just under six billion. Um, you know, you, you've grown quite a bit, even though you're only three years old. Yeah, it's, it's a really good question. I, I ask myself that sometimes. Where do I spend my time and how can I optimize it further? <laughs> um, you know, until... Until the 370 mark, I was actually interviewing every single person that we've hired at Deal. So it's very recent that I don't anymore. I still didn't fully let go. People make a small video for me to tell me about themselves just to make sure, you know, because <laughs> culture is the most important thing. Specifically, when you're a fully distributed company, you got to make sure that you've got a culture that's and you've got the right people with the right mindset. Uh, but I'd say so about 30% of my time is spent... Well, it depends, right? There's like fundraising periods. I'm thinking about fundraising most of the time, but in, in a period like this where it's less fundraising heavy, then I'd be about 30 to 35% of my time focused on recruiting and retaining. And then 30% of my time thinking about, you know, strategy and where are we heading next and what are some of the key products that we want to build. Then I think every CEO should pick one or two things, ideally one, uh, they're really good at and, and kind of spend time on this. So for example, I think on my side, um, it's, it's product strategy and then sales on some of the bigger deals that we, I need to be involved on. So I'll spend another 30% of my time there and then 10% in meeting with future investors, my, my board and all that. I think that adds up to 100%. <laughs> I, I think you're right around there as well. It, you know, it, as a CEO, even if it added up to 105 or 110%, that's basically what it ends up being anyways. So 
As we've made note of earlier in the podcast, the market has changed dramatically over the last year or two with COVID. What sort of trends are you guys seeing now that we are starting to come out of the pandemic? Obviously, remote work is largely here to stay. Obviously, contractor work is very much here to stay. But do you see any of that, you know, falling back at all, given that some people are going back to the office and want to do that? Or I guess, like, what sort of trends are you seeing? No, not really. I think, uh, I think... People have opened their eyes when it comes to global talent. And I think companies have changed their strategy to having a global strategy. Now, are you going to be in office in some places or not? Like, I don't think it affects on whether or not you'd give someone in Kenya a chance on working with you if they're the right fit for you. Uh, so I think our market is going to keep on growing. And I think more and more companies are going to have, a, you know, if, if there is a recession on the on the fundraising side, then you're not going to be able to pay developers 400, 500K anymore. You're going to need to find a solution for it. Uh, but uh, in, in general, I, I think just companies recognize talent and um, there's been every company I've talked to has a global talent strategy, whether or not they're heavy towards it is a different story, but you'd always give the chance to someone there. Uh, and then in terms in general, I think, look, there's a lot of innovations. I think on you know, the people we work with very closely on the finance and HR side, they're very excited to give better and better experiences, whether it's added benefits or, or just better flows for their employees to make sure that. It doesn't matter if you hire a W2 in the US or a W2 in, in Australia, they have this like as good of an experience. So that's something that we see a, a trend being, we're being very pushed into better benefits, better setups and all that. And uh, generally, I think uh, I think we're gonna see an interesting mix of people having to kind of decide how they want to structure like the hybrid model versus like the non-hybrid model. But thankfully we, we don't really have that problem from, from a business standpoint. And it's not, you guys have, I mean, on your, I'm going from companies that are listed on your website as customers. You have everyone from Shopify to Mercury, which is a business bank that we've talked about on the podcast before and in the newsletter, uh, Dropbox, Notion, which a lot of people are probably fairly familiar with. Um, you know, it, you also have a lot of smaller clients and whatnot as well. Where, where's sort of your sweet spot right now in terms of types of companies and headcount that they have? Yeah, we've definitely been going up and up market over the last few months because the product from, you know, when you're selling to enterprise, there's just basic things you need to have in order to be able to even close a deal, right? From like an Okta integrations to things like that. Um, I think, you know, SMBs are bread and butter. Um, companies are really happy. They understand the tool. It's very self-serve on that front. So it's much easier for us to to penetrate this market and we'll keep on doing so. Um, I think as we're growing as a company, going up market, is is great right like being able to onboard companies like a coinbase or shopify is i think uh, first a show of like the need at global scale and seeing that even the larger companies need this product like the ones that you expect to have hundreds of entities all around the world well they need it just as much as the smaller ones and second um you know those companies really push us from uh, in the trenches of like how much can we do even more to give a better and better experience right because they're used to giving amazing benefits, right? Then they want to standardize that across all the regions they're giving it. So while, you know, some of the smaller startups are a bit more forgiven when we're smaller in terms of like what we're providing and some of the benefits level that we have now, we've had to up our game a big time to support them. And that has been, it's been challenging, which is really fun. So hopefully we can keep on serving more and more and bigger and bigger customers. What about adding on different sort of like benefits that employees uh, or employers might want to offer their employees, like healthcare, 401k, um, gym benefits? Yeah, we do that. Like, yeah, you do that? Okay. Yeah, we do that. We do that. So for example, so 401k is a US thing, which we had, 
we launched the equivalent of 401k in the UK and in Canada recently. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's an interesting strategy because it's a, we've got a local, we've got an expansion team that's working on a balance between the local benefits and the global benefits where, for example, U.S. companies want to give a lot of things that they're used to giving. Uh, and then when you introduce them to some of the smaller things that people are used to giving in the local countries, there's a little bit of education there as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, we have a, a full-time team that's working on figuring out the best global and local benefits so that whenever you hire someone in another country, you don't alienate them from a benefits perspective and you're happy with what you're giving as an HR team. If someone wants to find out more about Deal, whether it be to use you guys or to maybe look for a role that you guys have open, what's the best way for them to do that? Of course. Um, so our website is letsdeal.com, D-E-E-L. So you'd have our career page there and you'd be able to request a demo. Um, if you're really considering deal and want to really onboard fast, then you can just email me directly as well. So it's alex at letdeal.com and, or on Twitter, I'm actually pretty responsive and we'd be delighted to help. Um, if you have any questions generally about global hiring, this is a big part of what we do. So don't be scared, make the jump. It's, it's going to be okay. And you're going to have great talent. <laughs> well, on that note, thank you so much for joining us. Um, safe travels back home you've been traveling a lot lately you have web, web summit you're in a hotel right now so definitely a lot of things going on on your end so i appreciate you taking the time to chat with me today uh if anyone wants to stay up to date on what deal is doing or what else is going on in the fintech world go to fintechtoday.co sign up for our newsletter and you will be on top of it all otherwise thank you alex i'll see everyone again next time thanks so much for having me